don't kiss your teeth at me. Someone reached out to me yesterday, told me a home truth. She said that I don't celebrate my successes. When she said this, I was shocked for a moment because I'm sure that I do. But when I started looking at my blogs, it was clear that I don't share them with people. The following is the reason she reached out to me. Seven months ago, I was asked to work with a young person who'd been moved from Peckham in London to Kent. Whoa, whoa, wait, let me go back a touch. Right, so seven months ago, I was at work looking out the window, just watching the young people. Then I see this presence. A young male comes strutting along. He has some swagger on him, I can tell you that. And he stands out like a sore thumb, headphones on, not playing mind to no one. I crane my neck out the window watching to see where he was going. Later that day, I was introduced to the young man and asked if I could have a chat with him. We sat down. This young man, we will call him R. He sat across from me, one headphone in his ear blaring out drill music, legs wide apart with one mean look on his face. I didn't say much at that first meeting because he did all the talking. And this is what he said. I know who you are, miss. You're one of them do-gooders who think she can save me. Well, you can't. So let's just get that out there. You have no idea about my life or what's in my head and I'm never going to tell you. I ain't staying here. I'm going back to London and I sure ain't taking no GCSEs. I'm a shotter. I sell drugs. That's what I do. I took a long look at him, his London street accent strong. I asked him if he was selling drugs since being in Kent and he said no. I asked him why he was in Kent and he said, ask my parents. Now, I don't want to waste anyone's time. I'm just here because that's what my parents want. And now I will be going. And he kissed his teeth and got up. I carried on sitting. He got his stuff together and walked to my door and went to open it. And I suddenly said, hey, R, one more thing. His body stiffened, but he didn't turn around. Don't ever kiss your teeth at me again. You get me? I said this in my mum's voice. I can take a lot from kids at work, but they can't swear at me and they definitely can't kiss their teeth at me. He still didn't turn around, but I bet my life he was looking shocked. He then said in a deep voice, Miss, don't mess with me, you know. You have no idea who I am. And I said, is it? Ditto. He opened my door without turning as he had a, bit, a little bit less of swagger. When he got halfway down the corridor, he turned around quickly to look at me to be sure I was watching him. And I was. Next day, I was working with this young man, swings open the door and comes bolding in, big old smile, and he throws himself down on my couch, feet up on my chair in front of him. I don't break what I'm doing, I carry on typing, because I know he'd be back, and I knew he would do this, and he's testing my boundaries. So you're from London, yeah, he says loud. I stop typing and look at him, not saying a word. I pick up my phone and dial. Hey, don't be talking on the phone when I'm in here, he says. Then he gets his phone out and starts playing music. Hi, um, is that Mrs. R? I say on the phone. My man's head flicks up so quick I thought he'd break his neck. Yes, yes, my name is Kendra. I work with young people involved with gangs in CSE. And I wondered if you could come in today. Yeah, yes, that'd be good. R is now on his feet saying, why are you calling my mum for? Whispering over and again. The reason I'm calling Mrs. R is uh, there's a few things, but mainly I just want to tell you that your son just come into my room and put his dusty feet on my chair. And then he started blaring out his music. Yesterday, I'm sorry to tell you, he kissed his teeth at me also. So sorry, Mrs. R, I didn't catch that. Oh, no, I can't hear you because R is in my office now raising his voice. Ask me, who am I to call you? You want to speak to him? Of course. I take the phone away and look R straight in the eye. He does not know what to say. His face is shocked. I pass him the phone and he puts it to his ear and his whole body language change. 
He was respectful as his mum cussed him down the phone. When mum was finished, I took the phone, hanged up, turned to R and said, I'm a mother also. And if my child acted like you just did, I'd want to know. I'm not a fool, R. And you'll be wise to remember. Now, please leave my room. His face was so shocked. But when he left, he smiled. Boundaries were now set. I had to make sure now that both of us stuck to them. Later that day, I met with the parents and they explained why he was here. Lots of reasons, none good. Mum started crying and explained that R was a clever boy but had given up on school and without GCSE, she knows he would stay with his gang in Pe Peckham. He'd already been involved in some heavy stuff and they had had to flee to keep him safe. At the end of the meeting, Mum looked me straight in the eye and said, I think he will get killed if he carries on living like this. I took her hand and said that we will work together to the best for her child together. Let me tell you this. The seven months that followed are hardcore. My boy has some temper. I've had to intervene in some madness. I've had to go above and beyond with this one. There was this one day I was so upset with his behaviour I couldn't even look at him and he spent 10 minutes apologising through my closed door to me. This boy, I discovered early, had the wickedest sense of humour and even in dark times he would drop a one-liner that would have me dying of laughter on my floor. He was also one of the brightest kids I'd ever met, not just in an academic way, in all ways. This kid knows who he is and he just didn't know how to be the best person that he could. There's something else I know about this young man. He was scared. It took us a long time to get there, but when we talked about it and he'd be, what he'd been through, like the time he got caught slipping and they chased him through the ends with a machete and he tripped and for a second, when we could explore that, we discovered that fear is okay and it does not make you weak. This boy is filled with love and respect. He, from the second day, has always treated me with the utmost respect. He only shows respect when it's a two-way process and that has caused issues in school. Not with me and him, of course, because I showed him the same level of respect always, but others did not respect this. Yesterday. Yesterday was GCSE day. He came to the hall to get his results, as always, sticking out like a sore thumb. He almost bounces when he walks. He walks straight over to me and we just smile at each other. He makes a joke because I told him to come at 11, but it was actually 10. He had to be here. And he laughs. He says, lucky I don't listen to you all the time anyway, miss. And he starts laughing. I have his envelope with his results. I smile, hand it over, and we both stop smiling. Just for a minute. There were like a hundred kids in that hall, all making noises, all getting results, staff and parents everywhere. But in that moment, it was just me and him. I was still sitting and he was standing. He put down his drink and held the envelope. Are you going to open it here? I asked. Shh, miss, he says, we're doing this together. He said, half smiling. He pulled the letter out and opened it, looked confused at the new markings. I suddenly realised I could see what he got through the back of the paper and blood fire. I could see a six. I jumped up and grabbed the paper from his hand. Oh my God, oh, you got a six in English, I shouted at him. He was just standing there smiling while I shouted down the whole hall. Like an excited mum find out her own child results. Oh my God, look what you got in science, I shouted. Have you seen this? I started waving the paper around. He's laughing and goes to speak, but I just wrapped my arms around his neck. I calm down and we look at it. My God, this kid, he passed everything and passed it well. The kid who got refused to go to many lessons, who tried to run from London. This kid who told me that he did not need GCSEs because he was going to be a drug dealer. This young man standing in front of me, smiling, shining, winning. You're going to cry, miss, he says, smiling. I say nothing, but cut my eye at him jokingly. 
I tell everyone in the room who listen how well he's done. Pictures are taken. Then it's time to leave and he just hovers, gets his phone out and says, can I have your number to stay in contact? I tell him, no, we can't do that. A head snaps up and he looks at me for the first time since I called his mum with disrespect and says, but what if I need you? He says, what if I need you? And I say, you know where to find me if you do. He came and gave me a final hug and as he did, he said, you saved my life, miss. I held back the flood of emotions that escaped from my mouth in a very discreet sob and I said, nah, boy, you saved yourself. I was just there to cheer you on. Yesterday evening, a lady from Wern contacted me and asked me if I truly realised what I'd done for R. And to be honest, not really. It's just what my job is. I don't give up on the ones that everyone else has. She said, thank you for making a difference in these young people's lives and I need to celebrate that once in a while. So, I met a boy seven months ago who was trapped in gangs and had zero aspiration to leave. Yesterday, he received some amazing GCSEs and has not been involved in gangs for months and he is going to college to study music. He is manufactured for greatness and I am proud to be part of that process.